Tate Shanafelt, uh, Professor of Hematology at Stanford University. You have been presenting here a new study using ibrutinib. Can you tell me what you were trying to do in chronic lymphocytic leukemia, which category of patients, what was the overall reason for the study? So the current gold standard treatment for younger patients, those uh, age 70 and younger, with previously untreated CLL who are fit enough to tolerate aggressive treatment is to receive fludarabine cyclophosphamide and rituximab, or FCR. Uh, This trial evaluated whether the combination of ibrutinib and rituximab uh, was similar to or superior than FCR-based therapy for these younger fit patients. What have been the challenges of using FCR then that, that you wished to overcome? FCR is, although it's our single best initial treatment, uh, it's still not a curative therapy, and it's also a fairly toxic treatment with extensive side effects. It's a regimen that can only be tolerated by our group of CLL patients under age 70 who tend to be more robust. And so although it's a good therapy, there's room for improved effectiveness and certainly also room for improved uh, side effect profile. And can you tell me something about the agent you've been using, ibrutinib? So ibrutinib is a Bruton's tyrosine kinase inhibitor. Uh, Bruton's uh, tyrosine kinase is an enzyme uh, that helps mediate the signaling through the B-cell receptor pathway, which is known to be an important survival pathway in uh, CLL uh, B-cells. We know that that agent is very effective in relapse patients, uh, has been approved for some time in the relapse setting, and can lead to very durable remissions in uh, Uh, relapse CLL patients. It was approved in 2016 as an option for previously untreated patients based on a trial in elderly CLL patients that compared ibrutinib to clarambucil. The challenge is that clarambucil is a pretty ineffective treatment by itself for patients with CLL. And the fact that ibrutinib was superior to clarambucil didn't really help us understand how it stacked up to our gold standard treatments for uh, CLL patients such as FCR. So can you tell me what you did in this particular study? So in this trial, we enrolled 529 patients with previously untreated CLL who were age 70 and younger and were requiring treatment. We did exclude patients with deletion 17P because that subgroup of patients does not respond well to FCR, and so they were inappropriate to be randomized. Those patients uh, were randomized in a two-to-one manner. Two out of every three patients randomized to ibrutinib and rituximab. The other uh, out of three randomized to FCR. The FCR group received standard six cycles of FCR at traditional dosing. The ibrutinib and rituximab patients received oral ibrutinib for one month. And then in months two through seven, they received rituximab uh, therapy. And then they continued on oral ibrutinib until the disease progressed or they had toxicity. What were the findings? So the results were reporting with current follow-up of 34 months. The ibrutinib and rituximab had a superior progression-free survival uh, as well as a superior overall survival. The uh, risk of progression was reduced by about two-thirds in the ibrutinib and rituximab arm compared to FCR. What was notable is that the ibrutinib and rituximab was also less toxic than FCR with respect to the proportion of patients experiencing any grade 3 or higher uh, uh, toxicity. Uh, So we have a circumstance where the novel therapy, the targeted therapy, led to superior progression-free survival, better overall survival, with fewer side effects. Just how much different 
was the progression free survival, overall survival, and the toxicity. Because I've got here, for instance, a hazard ratio of 0.17 in overall survival. Right. So the improvement is uh, impressive from a hazard ratio point of view. There currently are a limited number of deaths uh, on the trial, so we probably need to be uh, somewhat circumspect and, and desire longer follow-up for that endpoint. Uh, that said, uh, the risk of death was, as you know, uh, there were about five times the number of deaths per treated patient in the uh, FCR arm as compared to the ibrutinib arm. So uh, that difference was statistically significant, and it met the criteria for superiority that was specified in the protocol before the trial began. Does this mean that chronic lymphocytic leukemia is far less likely to be the cause of each of these patients' death? Currently, what we see in the FCR arm is that 60% of the deaths observed were due to CLL um, and the other 40% uh, sort of a variety of different causes. So this is a younger population. Uh, that is the group for whom CLL is more likely to shorten life expectancy. Um, I think we are all surprised to see this early difference in the survival curves. And I do think we are all, even though we're encouraged by that, wanting longer follow-up to see how durable that is and whether the curves separate more widely or not. And what precisely were the data on progression-free survival? The, the progression-free survival uh, demonstrates about a 65% reduction in the uh, risk of progression with current follow-up. Um, so I think uh, it's impressive. It's notable that the FCR arm uh, treated patients in this trial uh, had a progression-free survival and overall survival exactly as expected based on the previous uh, German trials. So I think we see that the FCR patients did as we expected, but the ibrutinib arm was superior. So uh, about a two-thirds reduction uh, in the hazard ratio for progression. With current follow-up, neither arm has reached the median uh, progression-free survival. So it would be a longer fall before we can know the median for the two arms. And what sorts of toxicities and toxicity differences did you see in the study? It's a good question. So for the uh, FCR arm, uh, grade three or higher uh, adverse events occurred in uh, a bit over 70% of patients. In the ibrutinib rituximab arm, it was uh, about 58%. What we also know is that different drugs have different side effects. And so the grade three and four, uh, grade three and higher adverse events that were more common in the FCR arm were myelosuppression, neutropenia, low hemoglobin, low platelets, and infectious complications. In the ibrutinib arm, the uh, side effects that were seen more frequently than in the FCR arm were atrial fibrillation, which occurred in 3% of the ibrutinib arm compared to no patients in the FCR arm, and 7% of the patients in the ibrutinib arm had grade three or higher hypertension. Uh, as compared to no patients in the FCR arm. So uh, a slightly different side effect profile, but if we look at overall grade three and higher adverse events, that toxicity favors the ibrutinib and rituxan. What are the clinical implications of your findings? I think the implications are that ibrutinib-based therapy is now superior to our historical best therapy for uh, treatment of CLL, which was a chemotherapy platform of FCR. It's also less toxic than that historical therapy. I think the other exciting thing at this 2018 ASH meeting is that the alliance 
presented the results in the plenary session of a companion study, uh, a phase three trial that looked at older patients, those age 65 and older, and compared ibrutinib or ibrutinib and rituximab to bendamustine and rituximab. These two trials were both uh, designed in collaboration. They were both accrued to across all U.S. groups, both supported by the National Cancer Institute, and they're both reporting at this meeting that they have reached their primary endpoint of improving progression-free survival uh, with ibrutinib-based therapy over standard chemotherapy, the ECOG trial also showing the survival advantage. And together, I think those two trials move us fully into the novel therapy era for treatment of CLL. Uh, and establish ibrutinib-based therapy as a preferred initial therapy for most patients with this disease. So, in brief, what are your overall conclusions? I think our overall conclusions is that ibrutinib-based therapy is now the preferred initial treatment for the majority of CLL patients in the United States and around the world, uh, independent of age. I think the one uh, qualification we do have to note is that this is still an expensive therapy, and it does require chronic indefinite administration of a, uh, ibrutinib in a pill form. So there are two new trials that will activate this month uh, in the United States, uh, again being led by the Alliance, a trial for elderly patients, and by the uh, ECOG uh, trial for younger patients that are looking at adding a third uh, agent to an ibrutinib and anti-CD20 platform to see if a, administering that third agent allows us to eliminate the need for chronic indefinite treatment with ibrutinib. What does this mean for the busy cancer doctor? I think for the average uh, oncologist in routine clinical practice, this would suggest that ibrutinib-based therapy is our preferred initial treatment uh, and is uh, largely replacing both bendamustine, rituximab in older patients and FCR in younger patients.